I'm Julia. I'm Katie. And I'm Savannah, and we're vet students at Colorado State. Today, we're going to be talking about the impacts of off-leash dogs on wildlife. Welcome to VetCast, Veterinary Climate Action and Sustainability Talks, the podcast created by veterinary students at Colorado State University focused on the impacts of climate change on animal health. Okay, so I actually got interested in this topic from my experience working with an organization that protects sea turtles. Oh, that's so cool. So this project, Pomerito Sea Turtle Rescue, operates in an area with a big stray dog population and a lot of turtle nesting beaches. These dogs have been known to dig up and eat sea turtle eggs or sometimes even attack the adult turtles coming onto the beach to lay their eggs. This program protects the turtles by collecting and guarding their eggs, but they also run a spay-neuter program to help control the stray dog population. So my understanding of dogs impacting their environment was mostly seeing dogs as predators to wildlife and seeing the solution as limiting stray dog populations. But for this podcast, we wanted to take it a step further and think about how our own dogs in our own communities are impacting the wildlife around us. So as all good researchers do, we started with a question. How would you consider the impact of your dog on wildlife in general? We got a lot of... Um... Mm. It's a great question. And the occasional. Honestly, like I'm very aware of the impact that my dog has on wildlife and the environment. But what we realized is that this question is something a lot of dog owners don't entirely understand or may not even consider. In their paper, a review of the interactions between free roaming domestic dogs and wildlife, Jolene Hughes and David McDonald write, As the human population has spread, so has the purposeful and accidental introduction of many species into a variety of habitats and ecosystems, adding that dogs and cats are the most common domesticated carnivores and are prevalent throughout the world, living in strong association with human communities. Another source estimated that the global dog population is approximately 700 million dogs. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. So pretty much, wherever you have humans living, you are going to have dogs too. In the U.S. especially, the biggest driver of human expansion into natural areas is urban expansion in the form of housing developments. Living in Colorado, we see this everywhere. In fact, my own home is part of a newer housing development. And almost every person in my neighborhood has a dog or cat living with them too. Now, we know people love to walk their dogs. People will typically walk them on trails or in natural areas surrounding their neighborhood, and many will let their dog go off-leash. Many people we spoke with saw a lot of value in letting their dog off-leash, with one interviewee saying, And if I can, I like to hike him off-leash. It's just just my preference. He gets a lot more energy out. It's a lot more productive, I feel like, for both of us. And I agree. I love to walk my dogs off-leash, and I find that they get a lot more exercise this way. But as we started looking into the subject, what we found really interesting is how dogs overlap with both wildlife and human populations. They live in our homes and depend on us for, well, everything. But they also chase birds and rabbits, leave scent markings, and could even carry diseases that affect wild animals. Now, to really understand how our animals are impacting wildlife, we need to have a definition of what it means to have a healthy wildlife population. 
Traditionally, we view this simply in terms of disease or death of the animals. But as we know in modern medicine, there's a lot more that goes into health than just not being sick. In his article, Toward a Modernized Definition of Wildlife Health, Craig Stevens says, Using a population health paradigm, healthy wildlife populations should be able to satisfy their needs for daily living, cope with environmental and social changes, and achieve the goals society holds for wildlife health. So although we know that a dog killing a wild animal obviously has a negative effect, we wanted to know how else dogs may prevent wildlife populations from achieving this ideal standard for wildlife health. And for this, we're going to turn to Julia. Thanks, Savannah. All right, so I'm going to talk a little bit more about the specific impacts that dogs can have on the environment. As Savannah brought up, we interviewed some people about their opinions on their dogs and nature, and a common trend we saw was that most people seem to consider themselves environmentally conscious and admitted that dogs chased or that chased or killed wildlife when off leash were negatively impacting the environment, but they also didn't usually consider their own dogs to be a threat. And to be honest, I'm definitely a part of that crowd. I don't usually consider my dog to be negatively impacting nature when she's off leash, except for the rare occasions that she's caught animals, which ironically has always been when she's on leash. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As I did some more research into the effects of free roaming dogs on the environment, I discovered that they may just have much more of an effect than most of us realize, extending beyond just predation. So... Like I said, most of the studies do focus on the issues of predation and disease transmission. So, for example, there's reports of a dog in New Zealand where this one dog potentially killed 500 out of a total population of 900 kiwi birds. Oh, God. Which is also just really sad because kiwis are so cute. (laughs) Um, There's also been reports of dogs in California killing endangered bighorn sheep and snowy plovers, which is a bird. I didn't know what it was, so I figured (laughs) I'd mention. Um, Even when dogs don't actually catch and kill wildlife, the prey species um, that they chase spends a significant amount of energy evading them. So then they're left with a lot less energy to escape other natural predators that would be found in their habitats. There's also evidence of rabies and canine distemper outbreaks in African wild dog packs and lions that were transmitted by free-roaming dogs. And they can also transmit diseases and parasites to larger carnivores like cougars, as well as small mammals like squirrels, skunks, and opossums. Now, obviously, these are probably more addressing stray dog issues than people walking around with their dogs off-leash. I don't think that most people would let their dog go kill hundreds of birds just for the heck of it, but I do think that these are some good examples of how dogs can be pretty efficient predators, and therefore it's important to keep an eye on what your dog may be doing and the wildlife they're interacting with when they're off leash. I think it's important to address that the most significant problem, though, is the interface disturbance of humans and their pets with wildlife. So lots of studies have shown that humans with their dogs are much more disruptive than humans alone. And when those dogs are off leash, their impacts stretch an even further distance than when they're kept on leash. For example, in Boulder, Colorado, where dogs are allowed off leash on certain trails, researchers found that the effects of disturbance stretch far beyond the trails themselves. And because of this, tons of suitable habitat for wildlife was being completely unused. 
A literature review done by Oregon Metro Parks outlined several of the effects of off-leash dog walking, um, and it really emphasized the importance of the stress response that disturbance can create. In the short term, an animal's stress response is beneficial by allowing the animal to escape and appropriately respond to a perceived threat. But when this stress response becomes chronic, as it does in areas where a lot of people let their dogs off leash, it can start affecting the wildlife's immune systems, health, reproduction, and growth. And this means increased susceptibility to parasites and diseases and reduced reproductive success. In addition to health effects, disturbance and stress responses can cause significant displacement of animal populations, both spatially and temporally, from their natural habitats. This affects a multitude of animals, ranging from songbirds to deer and elk to larger carnivores. For example, studies in California and Colorado showed that bobcats avoided areas where dogs were often present and also switched to nighttime for most of their activity. Deer in Colorado showed significantly lower activity near trails that allowed dogs, and this extended up to 100 meters off of the trail itself, which is pretty far. (laughs) Uh, Even dogs' urine and feces can trigger wildlife to avoid an area, which means that these displacements will last long after the dog is physically gone from the area. So going back to the interviews here for a minute, we heard a lot of people mention that their dogs would chase squirrels and other small mammals or birds when off leash, but that this didn't seem like a big deal. And I mean, I definitely agree with that. (laughs) Um, But then I dug a little bit deeper and it turns out that this seemingly small effect like stress on squirrels being chased can actually have pretty big impacts on the ecosystem surrounding it. There's this really cool study that I think explains this phenomenon pretty well. And even though it's really talking about larger um, natural carnivores in a habitat, I thought the results could be loosely applied to the effects of off-leash dogs. Um, In this study, the scientists used speakers to play large carnivore vocalizations in an area that was highly populated with raccoons. And it turns out that that simple sound of a possible predator greatly reduced the raccoon's foraging which in turn allowed their prey, which are rock crabs, (laughs) to greatly increase in numbers. Then this in turn meant that the prey of the rock crabs greatly decreased in number. So basically this study proved that fear and disruption by carnivores pretty heavily impacts the biodiversity of an entire ecosystem. That's wild. Yeah, so little Fido might just be chasing some squirrels in the woods, but the impacts can actually extend pretty far beyond that. So now that I've bored you to death with all the facts and made you feel super guilty about walking your pets off leash, (laughs) I want to bring up that I don't personally think that keeping dogs out of natural areas is a perfect answer to this problem. And many of the people we interviewed agreed with this. For example, one of our friends and fellow classmates here at CSU, Alana, had a great perspective on balancing her dog's well-being with keeping our environment safe. Her dog is a husky mix that's originally from the Alaskan bush, so keeping her well exercised and happy requires a bit more off-leash time than maybe some other dogs who didn't grow up running free. She has an impact on the small rodents, and I've only actually seen her eat one, but I'm sure that when she's off-leash um, and I don't see her for a few minutes on hikes, that like that's probably not the only time that that's happened. Um, but I also think that her quality of life is much higher when she's able to be her wild self. 
she also points out that Fort Collins itself may be lacking in adequate off-leash areas, especially with the strict leash laws that require dogs to be leashed anytime they're not in a designated dog park. I would love to see a dog park that wasn't like literally just a pit of dirt. I think that the dog parks here just aren't great. Um, and for us, like, I would really love kind of a larger area where I could just feel comfortable off leashing her. Like she doesn't really care that much about interacting with the other dogs. She just wants to run around and smell everything and like pee everywhere. Some other interviewees even said that they probably wouldn't consider moving to Fort Collins because of the blanket leash laws and lack of off-leash opportunities besides dog parks. So as humans continue to expand into natural areas with urbanization, the wildlife there is subjected to habitat loss, noise and light pollution, and disturbance from the humans themselves. As this one lovely interviewee put it, Oh, well, I mean we're super invasive. We're like the most invasive species that ever existed. And with us lovely invasive humans comes our best friends. So it's entirely understandable that giving our dogs the best possible care involves letting them run off leash. So what can we do as responsible pet owners to balance the love and care we have for our dogs with that that we have for our environment? For some solutions, I'm going to hand this off to Katie. Okay, so there's a lot to digest here. But the main take-home from all of this research is that off-leash dogs have a proven negative impact on wildlife in natural areas. And through searching what literature we could find regarding dog management, the single most significant action we can take to combat this issue is to keep our dogs on leash when visiting natural spaces. Now, I think this is kind of a tricky solution to embrace because so many of us love hiking with our dogs off-leash, especially in a place like Colorado. And I suspect a lot of us would feel torn if presented with this dilemma. Because while we want to do our part in protecting wildlife, we also feel an obligation to do what's best for our dogs. And many people feel that off-leash time is essential in providing their dog with a good quality of life. So how do we navigate such a complicated issue? (laughs) To be honest, it's incredibly hard to know what the best answer is here. Currently, Very few dog management studies exist, which makes solutions hard to identify and pursue. Since the literature highlights leash compliance as one of the main ways to reduce our dog's impacts on wildlife, I'll start there. While it may be one of the least popular solutions to mitigating our dog's impacts on wildlife, leashing dogs while exploring natural areas continues to be hailed by conservation biologists as the most effective step dog owners can take to protect wildlife. I'd like to share an excerpt from a comprehensive literature review conducted in 2016, which I think does a nice job describing the unintended consequences introduced by dogs hiking off-leash. The disturbance effects of off-leash dogs are stronger than on-leash and substantially expand the amount of wildlife habitat affected. The unpredictability of off-leash dogs may prevent wildlife habituation in large areas of habitat. The negative effects are increased even further when dogs and people venture off trail, probably because their behavior is less predictable. Off-leash dogs are likely to reduce the number and types of wildlife in large areas of habitat. So for those individuals looking to maximize their ability to protect wildlife while exploring the outdoors with their canine companion, keeping your dog on leash is your best bet. Closely tied with leash compliance in natural areas, is the need for improved public awareness. I feel like I have responsibility understanding my dogs and what they would do. And if I felt like 
they would um, damage uh, an environmental, like a habitat or something, I just wouldn't, I'd put them on the leash for that part or something. Literature suggests that increased public awareness and education is one of the most significant factors in improving leash compliance. And this makes a lot of sense. I believe most people care a lot about protecting our wildlife, but if a trailhead simply states no off-leash dog activity without providing reason, I can appreciate why people may not be as compliant. So perhaps part of the barrier to improved leash compliance is a lack of context behind leash regulations. This in part falls on the parks departments to provide reasoning behind their leash regulations, both at the trailheads and on their websites. If people understood how their dog's activity would adversely affect wildlife, they might feel more invested in doing their part to reduce that negative impact. But this could also be a really great opportunity for you to become a more informed community member and dog owner. A better understanding of your dog's impact on wildlife may help inform you on how to modify your hiking habits or better manage your dog off-leash to mitigate your overall impact. For useful and interesting resources to explore, please check out this episode summary. If you're looking to strike a balance between your commitment for our environment and your commitment to your dog's needs for off-leash experiences, local dog parks can serve as wonderful alternatives for off-leash exercise. The traditional design for dog parks typically includes a somewhat modest in size fenced in area where dogs are able to freely socialize with each other. And for some families, a traditional dog park meets their needs beautifully. But the reality is this is not a one size fits all solution. So while traditionally designed parks may serve as a great alternative off leash space for some, I think it's really important to consider how we can improve this design to support more of the community's needs. To truly provide an alternative to off-leash hiking on trails, dog parks must provide opportunities for a similar experience. Enter the Bear Creek Dog Park in Colorado Springs. This 25-acre off-leash park offers a diverse landscape including open fields, rolling hills, woods, and access to a one-third mile stretch of Bear Creek. This gorgeous park offers multiple walking trails for you and your dog to enjoy a beautiful natural setting. And this park is not without its bells and whistles, as it also offers a two-acre small dog senior dog space, an agility training area, and a built-in dog washing station. Sounds pretty amazing, right? I thought so. But maybe this park doesn't offer enough of that open space feel you crave from hiking off-leash with your dog. If that's more your style, I'd like to introduce you to the amazing Cherry Creek Dog off-leash area. This park is a whopping 107-acre fenced-in space that is an extended part of the Cherry Creek State Park, and it contains a beautiful three-mile loop trail, several access points to the river for swimming, and multiple secondary trails for further exploration. All this to say dog parks, in their various forms, can serve as excellent off-leash alternatives to natural spaces, and their contribution to improving leash compliance and mitigating wildlife disturbances is undeniable. And that's a wonderful thing, because at the end of the day, we're looking to offer great off-leash experiences for dogs and their owners while minimizing our impact on local wildlife. For any listeners that may be interested, we checked the Fort Collins Parks and Rec website, and it does look like there are several dog park development projects in the works. So, this may be a really cool opportunity for you to reach out and collaborate with your local government to promote park designs that provide more off-leash experiences like the Bear Creek Dog Park or the Cherry Creek Dog Park. 
If you're unable to fully commit to leash compliance in natural spaces, or feel the alternative off-leash spaces in your community don't appropriately meet your dog's needs, what other steps can you take to try to minimize your dog's impact? Several studies suggested that responsible control of dog behavior by owners while exploring natural areas significantly reduce the dog's impact on wildlife. Dogs poorly controlled by owners while off-leash generally display more unpredictable behavior, which was shown to have far-reaching and particularly disruptive effects on local prey species. Perhaps one of the most important elements is managing to keep your dog within eyesight and on trail, as off-trail activity is more likely to amplify the negative impacts experienced by wildlife. Many local behaviorists and dog training classes are offered throughout the year and throughout the country to help owners develop stronger skills in managing their dogs off-leash. Additional considerations include Diligent removal of your pet's waste, keeping your pet up to date with their vaccines and monthly preventative flea and tick medications. And as my final bit of advice, I think it's really important to know the regulations put in place for the trails you intend to visit. With this in mind, I'd recommend checking the official website for the trails you intend to hike before you head out to ensure the trail is dog friendly and to make yourself aware of any dog restrictions that may be in place. Try your best to avoid bringing your dog to a natural space that prohibits dogs. These restrictions are often put in place as an effort to protect wildlife species that may be particularly vulnerable to stressors brought on by dogs. Well, like so many things in life, this got complicated fast. But for now, I think that's okay. It seems like this is a relatively new conversation for many of us. It certainly was for Savannah, Julia, and myself. And while we may not have all the answers to help us navigate this dilemma, taking steps to understand our impacts on wildlife and continuing this conversation provides us with a starting point. With this in mind, I hope these suggestions provide you with a few small ways you can help protect our local wildlife on your next adventure with your pup, be it on leash or off. Yeah, those all seem some like, like some pretty easy things we can do. I definitely need to start working on them myself. <laughs> yeah, I cannot definitely do that with my dog. Right, Tobin? Thanks for joining us on VetCast, Veterinary Climate Action and Sustainability Talks, the podcast created by veterinary students at Colorado State University. To find more resources about this topic and details about each episode, check out the show notes. Thanks and see you next time on VetCast.